0: Okay, let's get started with Parshas Tetzav at Tav and Ches, and we'll talk a little bit about Purim as well, because next, next week there's no shir. It is Purim on, uh, on Wednesday night, so Be'la will try to cover Tetzav and Purim. There won't be a shir for Kisisa, and then we'll pick up Be'la Shem the following week with Vayakel and, and Pekute. So we start off with a thought that has been mentioned by the Balaturim, and we've noted this in the past, but uh, we'll focus on it from a different angle this year. The Balaturim knows at the beginning of our Parsha. as we know that, Parsha Tesav is the only Parsha in Sefer Shmos, Vayikra, and by Midbar that does not have Moshe Rabbeinu's name in it. Every Parsha, in all of the three middle books of the Torah, have his name. Right? The first section of the Torah, Sefer Brashas doesn't have his name because he wasn't born yet. Sefer Tzvarim doesn't have his name in some of the parshios because He's talking. Right, he's talking on the whole parsha. Ela hadvarim, Asher diber. Right, that's the uh, doesn't need to have his name in it because he's the one that's talking there. But in Shmos and VaYikra and Shmos and VaYikra and Bamidbar, his name is in every parsha except for Tzav. Why? As we know, the Balaturim quoted at the beginning of source number one because Moshe Rabbeinu says after the. You want to wipe them out? No, wipe me out! Right? I'm in He quotes it from Lamed Bay Lamed Right? How do you remember that? Because Moshe Rabbeinu has a big heart. He says, if you don't take them, so then um, you have to get rid of me. Get rid of me too. That's what he says uh, after. Again, reading for Parshas Kisisa, Moshe Rabbeinu says, wipe me out. So even though Hashem did not destroy Bnei Yisrael, but because Moshe Rabbeinu said, erase me, so the Kilalah of chacham has to be fulfilled, even though it really shouldn't have been fulfilled. And therefore, Hashem picked one Parsha to have Moshe Rabbeinu's name erased from, and that is Parshas Tetzaveh. And we know, Zion Adar generally falls somewhere in the proximity of Parshas Tetzaveh as a remez to Moshe Rabbeinu. But the question that the the Bala term does not deal with is, so why tatza've? out of all the parshios that could have been picked for Moshe Rabbeinu's name to be erased from. So why is Tetzave the one that does not have his name? Yes, we know there's a hint to it. Look at the end of source number one, the Vilna Gon. We've quoted this in the past as well. Even though it's Amafurish, Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu's name is Marumaz in the parsha. Because if we look at the osios Hashem im Shel Moshe, he mem shin Hey, If you spell out the letters in the name Moshe, mem shin Hey. And the g- gematria of the letters behind, meaning in mem, there's a mem, and shin, there's yud and nun, and hey has an aleph, so the gematria is 101, and that is the number of psukim in Parshat Tetzava. So Moshe Rabbeinu is, the hidden part of Moshe Rabbeinu is hidden in Parshat Tetzava. So that's the gra, right, the shmo of Moshe. But, is there a reason why dafka Tetzava? So I thought, I saw a thought, uh, Rabbi Ganak writes in his Sefer in the Birchat Yitzchak, uh, and his thought is echoed earlier, uh, in the words of Rav Cook. So first we'll see in the B'chaz Yitzchak, and then we'll go back. The Hine Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm sorry, V'nira, line four. Shahatam l'kach, sh'davka parshas tetzaveh, Lo kar shmo shal Moshe. Why davka parshas Tzava? Is that the one that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned in? Hu'mishum sh'parshas tetzaveh, osekhes Big bigdei kahuna. Because parshas tetzaveh is the one, as we know, the one that's involved in all of the begadim of the Kohen Gadol and the Kohen Hediot. Big day kuhuna he big day malchus ukomoshi biyehar ramban. Right, the, the begadim of a kohen gadol reflect royalty, and they put and instill royalty in the wearers. <laughs> the avodim emikdas shricha minui. The inyan abegadim lechavodu lesefaras lahadilu leromei mesakohenim. The begadim themselves uplift the wearers of these special begadim. As the Sefer Chinuch says, we discussed this ten years ago. Acharei ha nimshachos We're influenced by everything we do and even what we wear. We act differently when we're dressed formally and we're dr- when we're dressed informally. It's just, just the way it is. So these begadim the were supposed to look at themselves and like, wow. So special, so amazing, they are supposed to uplift me. Shebizmat she beg dam alayam kunasim alayam, quoting the Gemara in Zvachim. Ein beg dam alayam ein So the begadim are there to uplift and raise up the Ka'anim. Says the Berchaz Yislach, says Rabbi Ganak, Vine Moshe Rabbeinu, ayah kohen Gadol, was the Kohen Godol, he was the king, he was in place of the Sanhedrin of 71. She called Minish, she had a shayach, me Moshe Rabbeinu had all the mailas. He was a king and every, he, he was considered everything. <laughs> Moshe Rabbeinu's, though, achievement of all of these mylas did not come from an external source. But, <laughs> It was because he himself achieved the highest level that a human being can achieve. The Al Kane Lohayazakok big day of He didn't need the Big De Kahuna, because he himself was the most raised, the most uplifted, the most heavenly person that there could be. He reached the highest level, as the Rambam writes in Ukhazisodia Torah. He didn't need the Bhagavadim. Kilodz Tariq Lutosefis cobad with the faris, what Akarepulos mostrabay had it. He didn't need it, His greatness flowed from an inner source. And that is why Dafka in Parsha's Tetzave Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned. The Parsha of Big Day Kahuna, because the Kohen name, even Aaron, a Kohen, needed, so to speak, the Big Day Kahuna, Moshe Rabbeinu did not need the Big Day Kahuna. Moshe Rabbeinu was who he was based on what he himself achieved, obviously everybody, we're not saying anything negative about Aaron, we're just saying something unique about Moshe Rabbeinu. And that is even why the Gemara asked the question in two places, in Tainus and in Avodah Zara. what did Moshe Rabbeinu wear during the Shivas Hamiluim When he acted like the Kohen Gadol for a week, did he wear the Big De Kahuna or not? The Gemara has that suffix Many different Shatim, what exactly is the suffix the Nikudas suffix but Lamaskana, the Gemara says, he did not wear the Big de Kohen Gadol. And explains the B'chaz Yitzchak, because he didn't need them. He didn't need the Kavur L'Sepharis that the Bagadim usually put inside. So therefore, to express this idea, to emphasize it, She'ein l'mosheh zika l'inye bigdeh kahuna, ki omer kavod mi gadlus Amazing. Rav Kook, as we mentioned earlier, says the same idea, but obviously in his own words. Says Rav Kook in source number two, in P'nei the collection of uh, Rav Kook's Torah, one of the collections of Rav Kook's Torah on Chumash. This command, source number two, is there without the commanded's name. Right? Usually it says, like, here it just says, Right, as if to emphasize, and the Baal of Turm already says, that that's why his name is not there. Varav Zazel Show Elokach, Madua Dafka, Nim Chakabi Parsha Zu, Vallomi Parsha Cheris, <laughs> or why davka from, uh, this Parsha and not, and not others. Says the, says Rav Cook, line eight. Yesh Lanu Avchana, Sheldvarim Shehem bakoach, Vidvarim Shehem Befoao. We have a chilik, as we know, between potential and fruition and actuality. There are things that are bekoach, there's the potential, there's the, there, there, it, it has the koach, but it's not brought to fruition. And there are other things that are Lafishi putri putrishon, and, and normally, what do we think is greater, so to speak? Adif befoal. Obviously, if you just have potential, then you haven't gotten there yet. You didn't actualize the potential. So usually we think of poal as greater than koach. But in a certain sense, says Rav Kook, if you look at it, Potential is even greater. Not unfulfilled potential, but at least the stage of potential. Potential has to be actualized in olam Hazer limitations, in place, in time, in um, you know all a, a person does it, it is physical. While a potential it could be heavenly, a potential connects me to the spiritual, to connects me to the metaphysical. It's not, it's not uh, tied down to the condition of coming to fruition. What does this have to do with us? Moshe Rabbeinu was not the Kohen Gadol. He was not the Kohen Gadol in Poel, but he had the Kohos of a Kohen Gadol, B'Koach. Kach we know, right, Hashem uh, mentions that, Rashi mentions that in the Parsha Shmos, who Avor HaKunah L'Tzol it was given to Aaron, but potentially he had Kohuna-related Attributes. The Gambesh Shivazi Me'ami Moshe Rabbeinu would have been able to even service for that week as the Kohen Gadol if he had no Shaikhus to be the Kohen Gadol. It must be that there was something in there that connected Moshe Rabbeinu to Kahuna. Even though ultimately it didn't come to Po'au. Lamaisa Arna Kohen was the first Kohen Gadol. But Moshe Rabbeinu had something in him. And that's why even though a Kohen, who were, who serves without the proper begadim. His avod is nifsal, ava Moshe Rabbeinu, shimesh b'chalak l'avon. V'lo nifsal avod also. Moshe Rabbeinu did not wear the begadim, as we just said. Rav Kook's assuming that he was somehow potentially a Kohen inside, but he was a k- k- Kohen b'koach, not befoal. And you also see a Hevdel, and this is where it gets to our topic. Od Hevdel yesh. Kohanim mishulchin Gavoa kazachu. As the Gemara says, Koanim are Zoch in their Karbanos, the language of the Gemara is from the high up right the heavenly table. Habitu Shokan Gavoha, Mashmah shall see Y Rida Shell Habasar It was up here and now it comes down to the Koanim. Bishokan Gavoha. Amnamlu umasam, if you're Madaiik Balashan Chazal, Amru Kimosha Achal Mikache Shamayim. Belishum inyin yurida. There was no going down to Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore, because he wasn't Lemaisa a he wasn't Zakuk to the Big De Kahuna. And now he says the same idea as we saw earlier in the Berchaz Yitzchak, turning over the page. Kimahu Because after all, what is, what is the message of clothing? Says Rav Kook. Clothing reflect in imperfection. So the way we saw it before was that clothing are needed to instill and imbue the kadosh varis into the person. So if Kook just adds, remember when Adam and Chava were created, there was no clothing. There was no irum. Right, there was no, there was no clothing needed. Well, right, once they knew, after they sinned, and the Yetsahara went inside of them. We've discussed this gemara in the past. The gemara at the end of the ninth parak, in the end of. Uh, of Mizbeach um, Machaper, the Gemara has a list of all the big day kahuna being Machaper for different averos. The Ksones is for Shvi Chazdamim, and the Aifod. We'll get back to this a little bit later. Is for avod So, what do you see from there? The begadim are connected to chayt. mikan in Was there no chayt in the world? We wouldn't need begadim. Adam and Chavah didn't need begadim. Only because we live in the world of chayt of an inside Sahara, That's why we need. That's why we need clothing. Moshe Ravenu was not connected to Chait. He didn't need the big day Kahuna, which were Machaper, for a different Averis. He didn't need that, right? He, that was the, he, he was, uh, pure. He was perfect. As perfect as a human being could get. Obviously not perfect, perfect. But, uh, perfect. Line 7. That's why he says, Take me out of this, Parsha. Right, this is a parsha. The begadim are not in Moshe's purview. Begadim represent chait, and Moshe Abenu is not about chait, and therefore, that is why um, the specific parsha that Moshe Benu is left out of is Titzave. Okay? S- same idea, but uh, just said a little differently with with different words. Okay. So now we get to the beginning of the Parsha. Now we know what's not in the Parsha. Now we have to get to what is in the Parsha. Says the Torah. V'yata'a t'taves b'nei Yisrael. So Moshe, you, command b'nei Yisrael, v'yichu Lacha, shem enz'aizach, kasis Take pure olive oil, crushed lamaor. Kasis Rashi quotes, kasis you have to grind it and crush it in a special grinder. Right after you get to the first drop of oil. You take it out and you crush it. The second oil is already pussel. As the Mishnah says in Menachos, you could use that oil for Menachos. But for the menorah, you need the super-duper special oil. The Aleph Sheba Aleph. As the Mishnah says there, the best oil, and it has to be crushed perfectly. Shinamar, as the Pasik, our pasik says, Kasislamor, Velo Menachos. The Kasislamor has to be the special higher standard for the menorah, but not for the menachos, you could use the next level of olives as well. Rif uh quotes Al Drush based on that line of Rashi. Kasislamor Velo Menachos. Says Rav Zevin, second line. By saying kasis lama'or, the kasis, the crush can be used for the menorah and not menachos, is not saying that you can't use that for the menachos, right? It just doesn't need to be kasis, right? This super duper special, specially crushed original oil has to be for the menorah, ma'or, but the menachos don't need that. And that's what the Medrus says. Yahoo Yeshemen Zach Kasis Posolomonachos Tamalomar Viseron Tolus Baluba Shemen kasis you can use it. But what does it symbolize? The imacheman lamo or misamlos arhatora, if the shemen, the oil for the that used in the menorah, symbolizes the light of Torah, the Aratorah, Faminachos, Miss Samlos Es Hamozon Vahalachem, and the menachos, the flower carbonos symbolize food, sustenance. So what is the Torah saying? Kasis la ma'or. When it comes to spirituality, you have to break yourself. You have to crush yourself. You have to grind yourself. And there's no getting anywhere in spirituality without that prerequisite. Kasis la ma'or. Don't think we're going to get ma'or, light of Torah, without being kasis. Below kasis la For menachas, for panasa, for gashmias, it could be you might get it without working. It could be not. But it's not a prerequisite. It's not part of the process that's needed. Who, and he explains beautifully Torah and parnasa, we might say. Right? Spiritual hard work and physical hard work, they both need work. As it says in Pirkei Avos. So we know, Amelos in Torah, right? You can't expect to get anywhere in Torah without hard work, right? Dafyomi, even with Rashi, right? Everything. you got to push. You have to be committed. And also, even the Pasik that, that we have, Amal Torah. But we also know we have to work for a living, right? The Torah tells us. Right, we should do all of our work during the week. Right, Adam Arishon is told. So we have to work in Torah and we have to work for a parnassal also. Elash or, or anything, any physical activities. Elash HaHevdol yeshbein Bain But there's a difference in the two. There's a difference in terms of the Amelos in Torah and the Amelos elsewhere. Amel Torah hu tachlis La'atzma. The hard work, the Amelos in Torah, and this is said by many, but we're seeing it through the Torah of It's an ends in itself. The hard work in making a parnassah in, isn't inherently valuable, it's the goal. I mean, if I'm involved in something that's inherently valuable, I'm in a profession that helps people, then obviously that is inherently valuable in terms of chesed. But in terms of per se, whether I had a harder day at the office or a less hard day at the office, even if I'm involved in chesed, if I have a harder, there's nothing, according to this, inherently better if I had a, heart or a crazier day. Obviously, the, whole, the more I, I push in any mitzvah. But that's technically. But in Torah, the hard work itself is the goal. For and he even quotes. About the Gemara that says, "You can't compare." You learn something a hundred times or a hundred and one times, right? There's no, there's no, you can't compare. What do you mean you can't compare? Because that one hundred and uh, one times, you don't know it better, but it shows Amelus, and Amelus itself is the is a value. He quotes the Balatanya. And that's, uh, by Torah. And then he quotes beautifully from the Kutsker. We know if somebody tells you that they were miyageya, they worked hard, and they didn't find, they didn't achieve, don't believe them. So we usually sometimes have the question. It says, yagati, umatzasi, tamin. Right? Lo yagati, velo matzasi. Okay, tamin. Yagati, velo matzasi, al tamin? Why not? Maybe I worked hard and I didn't find that. I didn't get to the goal. Masha yechem munabazen. Nasi saver an echemimu a Check. Check what's the, this is teaching us something? Go see out there in the world that this is possible. No. Aval be cuts pier shoe. Lo tamin, shalom matzah. Mikivan, shiyoga. Harihegia, atzma, kfaru hese because you were miyageya, so you've already been matza, matzata. You found the hard work, right? It's not the goal. That's all by Torah. So it inherently for the but that's one type of amelus. But for parnasa wise. Right, I'll have to get what I need. Right, It's even, in certain cases, we can look at it as a klala. It'll be better if we could just stay home and serve Hashem the whole day and not have to worry and not have the uh, the uh, the business trips. No, we'd rather not have it. We'd just rather have the goal. That's not by Torah. In other contexts, you have it, but you might not have it. Kasis lamar below kas you need the kassis. The the last paragraph on the page. Hakatisa, hakatishav atchina. The grinding, the yegiya, hechrachit l'mar torah. For mar, for menorah, it's needed. Matarasa ba'atzmusa. It is the inherent ends of itself. Aba l'menachos l'tzarchi mazonis v'lechem. But for menachos, ain't katisa pasul. It's not pasul of an right? It's not. Like you could maybe yes, maybe not. That's to add a deeper idea of kassis l'mar. But he ends off on the top of the next page. Rav Zevi ends off and says, "So life is tiring, isn't it? If you have to have yegiya and you are not going to achieve without yegiya and Torah, doesn't that make us tired?" So he's mechalik between two words. between two words. lo tamid Hard work and ayefut aren't always identical. Sometimes a person could work hard but still have a lot of energy. We might say in English there's a difference between being tired and being weary. You know, we can be tired after a long day and feel just exhausted and unproductive and and not wanting to move on. That's one type of feeling. But then a person could collapse into their bed after a day full of Torah and mitzvot. They're exhausted. They're tired, but they feel fulfilled. And they feel like this is what I'm, I what I accomplished in life today, and therefore, working hard doesn't mean anything negative. Doesn't mean achieving a state. Obviously, we can't. We don't want to burn out. Or we don't want to go to a state where we don't take care of ourselves. But if we have the proper perspective. So then, uh, it is something very valuable to see. Right? If it's from an external source, not because of the inherent value of the work, so then it could cause uh, yegiya and hisyagus as he as he was mechalik. So we have to do our best to to be focused and, on the on the amelus on of a kaddish and as we know, he quotes from Parsha Zachar. This week, you were ayeif and Yogea. You weren't in the proper perspective after being nechsholim and being um, weak from where they came from, roughly, roughly, roughly in the Torah. Okay. But either way, Rav Zevin tells us we have to work hard and the hard work itself is a value in itself. Okay. Moving right along. I never quoted from this Sefer. So Rav Shechter on the Parsha came out last year. Um, Now we have Rav Shechter on Moadim as well. So he has the following discussion in source number six. We'll start off with a question. We have later on in the parasha, chaf, chaf aleph. We know towards the end of the, not Chavzayin, Chavalef, Aleph chaf uh, Chavalef. Uh, we have to, at the end, towards the second half of the parsha, after the Begadim, is the uh, story of the consecration of the Mishkan. They start bringing all, all of the Karbanos, and we have Arana Cohen getting dressed up, and the, uh, car- the carbon being brought, and many other avodos. But we have the carbon mentioned here for the first time in the Torah. And the question that is asked, and one can ask, why do we have to have the carbon tumid mentioned here if we already know the carbon Tamid from Parshas Pinchas? And if the carbon tumid is mentioned in Parshas Pinchas, what do we have to mention it here for? So he's mentioning it here that they, do, they did the avoda right, for the first time. So why do you have to mention it again? what is the connection and the parallel between Parsha Tetzaveh and Parshas Pinchas? Question one. Question two. There's a machlokas between the Rambam and the Rashba. Rav to quotes it right at the beginning. Rashi also plays into it. How many times do they light the menorah every day in the base of McDush? Right, the beginning of the parsha. What, what do the words say? Set it up. Very unclear. Doesn't say anywhere how many times to light it. That's a machlokas. The Rashba says the menorah is lit once a day at night. While the Rambam says, no, twice a day. It's lit at night and it's lit in the morning, right? As the Gemara says in Shabbos, you don't need the light. You're not lighting it for the light. So that's what the Rambam says. It was lit also during the day. The Rashba, though, has a kash on the Rambam. The Rashba, quoted there on line 18, the Rashba asks on the Rambam from a Mishnah, Meseches Menachos. And this question will help us understand menorah and carbon timid. The Bishon says that when we are mechanich the menorah, when we inaugurate the menorah, it has to be with the lighting of the morning. We do not inaugurate the menorah with anything other than it's seven lamps kindled in, I'm sorry, at, you need the one at night, right? You cannot use the one in the morning. And the question is, why not? According to the Rambam, there's a mitzvah to light it at night and in the morning. So if it's a double mitzvah, it's two halves of, of one mitzvah or two mitzvahs, so why wouldn't you be able to use the morning light? That's also a lighting, if the menorah is kindled in the morning as well as the Rambam maintains, why could the menorah not be inaugurated through the morning havvaka? Right? What's wrong with that havvaka? Right? It's both. Is what's? Why was one better than the other? Is one ikker? The Rambam doesn't give the impression that one is ikker and one is tafel. What's the difference? So explains Rav Shechter, line twenty six. When dedicating a particular kli for future avoda in the Beis Hamikdash, the avoda required for that chinuch must be the initial avoda performed with that kli. Whenever you're Machanech, let's say the Beis HaMikdash had a hiatus for a certain amount of time. In the days of the Chanukah, When we are Machanech Lebeis HaMikdash, you can't just do an avoda that's done. But we have to mimic the beginning. Machanech has to be what was done originally. And therefore, to answer the Rosh Kasha. Yes, the Rama agrees that there's a nighttime lighting and a morning lighting. But what is Parshas Tetzaveh about? Well, we'll get to that in a second. But what was the first time they lit the, mecha, the menorah in the base of Mikdash? They lit it? Har Harabayim. That was the first lighting. That's the beginning of the halachic day. So even though the Ramam says that the mitzvah to light it by the morning, also, the chinuch of any kli has to mimic the beginning, the first chinuch of that kli which is the topic of Parsha Tsava, and therefore, even the Raman would agree with that Mishnah, obviously, explain the Mishnah Minachas that only the afternoon lighting could work, and not the morning lighting. Uh, based on this, he ex- expands it and says, that's the two Parshas of the Carbon Tambid. Parshas Tetzava is teaching us the Chinuch of Karbanos in, in the Mishkan. The Chinuch of Karbanos, which is also parallel to the Besa Megdash, Carbon was machanech or carbonos. As we know the halacha is, a carbon tamid is brought first one in the morning and first one in the afternoon. Last one in the afternoon. Right? The asei hashlama, as it's called. And therefore, tetzaveh is about the first avoda. Pinchas is about the daily avoda. There's a different purpose to each of the parshios, and that's why it is that's why it is repeated. Right, At the top of the next page. That is why the Torah discusses the daily Karbat Tummit both in our Parsha and in Parsha's Pinchas. In our Parsha, the purpose of the Karbat is to serve as part of the Chinuch of the Mishkan. Right, that's the beginning. In contrast to the Karbat Tummit in Pinchas, which is the daily. Right, the daily. Right, you see there the Psukim, uh, where it is in the, in the, in the Parsha. The reason that only the morning Tummit can serve to be is Mizbeach is that that's the first. That's the first. Yes, the tabish ben the Bayim is also a, a proper carbon. But what was the first one? That was the carbon. That was the carbon tammid. And he says according to the Rabbah, the same logical, true regarding the chinuf of the menorah. And therefore, when we think of Parsha Tetzave, this is a Parsha of firsts, a Parsha of beginnings. And therefore, it's not just avoda, right? Like what is this doing? You get to the second half of Parsha Tetzave, like what? Well, what are we in? Va'yikra, right? That's what we we get the feeling as we go through the Psukim. Answer is you are semi in Va'yikra. But this is beginnings, and that's daily avoda. And there are differences between daily and beginnings. right? Just parenthetically, I know it's almost Purim, but to remember a thought about related to Hanukkah, Rabbi Yosef Engel in the Goyone Ashas and Shabbos discusses the famous question of why did we even need the nace of Hanukkah? Tumah, right? Hutra Betzibur, you're allowed to use Tame oil if that's the only oil that you have. So what do we even need the nace for? So some answer the Pnei Yeshua, Hashem didn't really need to do us the nace, but He loves us. So he wanted to show us that He loves us. But Rabbi Yosef Engel says, no, 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 maybe there's a difference between the daily avoda in the Mikdash and the beginning, the Chinuch. Right, this fits in perfectly to this idea. The daily Avodah, we say, tumo you can't find tar oil, so just use tamay oil, that's okay, it's fine. But what was going on by Hanukkah? They were trying to be mechanich, the Beis mikdash again. Right, there was a hiatus of, of uh, terrible things going on in the Beis mikdash. There was tumol all over the place, there was Avodah Zarah, there was tarfus. So they wanted to be mechanich again. So there it has to be a parallel to what was at the beginning. At the beginning it wasn't Tameh. Tumohot you can't start off on the wrong foot. you got to start off perfectly, you got to start off as a new beginning, and therefore that is why Bachanika they also needed the nace. He then uses this idea, or relates this idea, to a uh, historical incident. He quotes, for the Kaptur of Aferach, one of the and this is all quoted, if one wants to see it, part of this in the original, in his for the Guinness Egos, quotes in the in the, uh, the end. But the Guinness Egos uh, says, and uh, the, he writes on page 202, see so he quotes the source at the end. But the Katar of Aferach, one of the Rishonim, quotes from the Baliatos, that one of the Baliatos who moved to Eretz Yisrael wanted to build a Mizbeach and offer Karbanos on it, which is a huge topic. But Akarvis even if the nations of the world would allow us, you know, is it something that would be... Um, Okay, asur, and all the achronim get into the act, and in the 1800s, especially Rabbi Kiva Eger, the Chassam Sofer, he quotes um, the Chassam Sofer writes a long tshuva relating to the issues that might might uh, come up, and the Chassam Sofer also he talks about tuma, he talks about Kohanim yuchasim, he talks about uh, the kohen the choshen, talks about uh, karbanos needing uh, public funds, maksas many different issues that uh, that come up. But line 39. Regarding this last issue, the communal funds issue, that carbonos are required to be bought by communal funds, Sam Sofer cites the comment of Rabbi Yaakov Emdin that Rabbi Yechiel, Rabbi Yechiel, who suggested bringing karbonos, may only have advocated the offering of the carbon Pesach, as that carbon is not brought from communal funds, but rather from the funds of a small group of individuals. So maybe the only carbon that we could bring, because we don't have the institution of Achsel Shekel, is the current Pesach. And maybe that's what that's what is uh, was suggested by the Rishonim, and maybe that's different than all the other Karbanas. But one second. As for Shechter. But according to what we said, if you want to be, we haven't had a Mizbeach in a long time. So to be mechanich the Mizbeach, don't you have to start it off with the classic carbon that started off all carbonos, meaning Parshas Titzaveh, the carbon tumid. So I can even bring a carbon pesach. Right? Oh, you don't need communal funds for that, because that's a private carbon. But what do you mean? It's, you know, you have to bring the carbon tumid first. So explains to Shechter, maybe carbon pesach is different. Carbon pesach is brought when? After the tumid shall burn harabayim it's the only carbon that's brought outside of the borders of the carbonos kar- tamid and maybe that's why it wouldn't need the Chinuch of the carbon tamid it's not in the normal world of carbonos and therefore it wouldn't need it that's what he says all the way at the end turning the page the carbon Pesach stands alone as was wrote after the Talmud Shabbat thus it can be said that all the Kalmanos of the year belong to one Seder with no pun intended with Seder while this carbon Pesach uniquely forms a Seder unto its own. So what we learned we learned about the menorah twice a day the carbon Talmud twice a day and Chinuch always has to mirror the original start of the Avoda in the Mishka. Okay, moving right along something very, very unique a unique thought from Rav Schwab coming up. So we know we get into the begadim. Begadim of the Kohen, Kohen Hedjian and the Kohen Gadol. So one of the begadim, as we know, of the Kohen Gadol, one of the special begadim is the Ephod. Choshen, Ephod, Me'il, those are the three plus the um, Tzitz, which is not mentioned here. The Rachayim talks about where's the Tzitz and where's the Michhassayim. Those aren't mentioned in Pasuk Dalad in the beginning of the Parsha. Okay, not for now, but either way, the Ephod. Rashi, we've quoted this Rashi many times in the past. Rashi says, "I have no idea what the ephod looked like, but Levi Omerli, my heart tells me that this is what it looks like." Okay, and he goes into it, but part of the description is, is that the ephod is an apron tied in the back. Right? Rashi, Reb Schwab quotes Rashi at the beginning of source number nine. <laughs> Should chagol it's tied in the back roch bo gavish KIMIN sinar hasaras sus okay question that others do not ask when we think of big day kahuna we think of as the very holy special dignified begadim where does the kohen gadol have to tie the apron in the back towards the bottom of his body that's not such a holy spot why dafka is there significance that the aphod is tied in the back of a co- the Kohen Gadol towards the bottom of his, of his body. What exactly is the message? So we would have thought, no, that's where it's tied. That's where it's tied. But Schwab says, no, there's something there. Every detail is there to teach us something. There's something unique here. Says, says Rav Schwab. Let's just add on part of the punchline now, and then we'll get to his thought. The gemar that we mentioned earlier, the aphod, every... Beged of the Big Tehun is Machapra for a different Aveira. Right? The Gemara in Shab in uh, Zvach and Peches. What is Aphod Machapra for? A How do those two connect to each other? Do we see anything in the aphod that connects? So the, the Gemara quotes that no, sir of no, the Avodazar used to wear aphodes, or they used to put aphodes on the on the idols. Okay, but is there anything deeper about what we do with the aphod that connects to Avodazar? Good. Says the Gemara in Mesachas Megillah. Quoted right here. Line 7. Amr ebn Achman. Kal sinusa Sira bar sinusa You to scoff. All scoffing is inappropriate. Right? Making fun. Poking fun. It's inappropriate. Except making fun of idol, idols. You can make fun of idolatry. Right? Because their existence is making fun of God. So make fun of them. That's mutter. Dixiv as the Pazik says in Yeshayahu. Kara bal karas Right, which and the pasuk says Karosu, karu lo yuchlu malait masa. Right, he's bending over and he cannot release his burden. Yeshayahu says, what does that mean? He can't release his burden. Rashi there in Yeshayahu lo yuchlu malait masa masa shell rei. Yeshayahu gives the mashal when we make fun of of an Avodazara, we say ah, oh, they're like yaluchlu mal masa, they can't discharge their waste. That's how we make fun of them. Very unusual. So Gemara says, That's the in shayahu. How is that such an such a undignified description? Why do we even use that? That graphic description. Lama bacharkan mishalim shalrei Soa. shiminyonim yonim magunim. It's disgusting things. Yonim. You don't talk about this. You don't talk about these things. There must be something deeper here. Yishayahu <laughs> says this because there must be a vodzarah. Must be nimshelus l'rei vitzoah. Who and Yonem says <laughs> Rav Listen to this thought that specifically the waste products that we uh, deposit and we get rid of in the bathroom. That's what a vodzarah is connected to. How? What's the parallel? Ubi says Rav What is waste? What is waste if we think about it? The man didn't have any waste. Waste is the food that we had goes through our bodies and after all the nutrients and all the vitamins and all the protein and everything that our body needs is taken out of all that food. This is the psalas. This is what we don't need. We needed everything else but what we don't need is discarded. That's how Hashem made our bodies and we thank Hashem with an Asher Yatzar every time we the plumbing works properly. Right? And that's that's what waste is. After the body absorbs all from the food. So many times in Tanakh, we have descriptions of God using physical terms. The hand of God. We have God's eyes being uh, uh, described as the sun and the moon and the stars. All the physical things in the world describe Hashem. Why? To help us understand, not to be literal. So what's the purpose of those psukim? We're supposed to use them on a non-literal basis and then discard the literal translation of those words. Because the literal translation is waste, right? Giving God physical attributes. It's just there, what did Obedi Avodah do? They take the physical understanding and the literal understanding of those words and the sun and the moon and the stars and they start worshiping it and focusing on it. They're holding in the waste. They're not letting go and discarding what they should be discarding. Cesar Schwab continuing here. Mine 21 and all these where we can't fathom God so it, make it a little easier right if we would just try to describe God it's like trying to explain physics to a cat it's just not going to work a cat can't understand physics, no matter how hard we try. So if we give a mushel to the cat, like in, in terms of, uh, food, right, it's, it's not even, it's, it's not even that much. But, this is what a gem Once we use these mashalim to help us, zorkim We throw away the physical understanding, and it's usser and disgusting to, fig- to think of God in physical terms. But they hold on to that mashal. They hold on to what should be discarded. That's why Dafka, Yeshayo Navi gets the nevuah that compares it to someone holding in their waist, because that's what Avodah Vodazara do. Idolatry, excuse me, is holding in their waist. That is why, says Roshwab, the ephod, which is machaper on Avodazara, is tied in the spot close to the waist. And therefore, to to we we think that's that's nothing that just it's a detail. You have to tie it somewhere. No, dafka, dafka there. That's why Rashi says because that's Avodazara. This is what he says in the Mayan Besa Shoeva on our parsha. He also says it in uh, he said it in his Shirman Manavi. Look in source of a ten. I gave it to you in Yeshayah, Perak Vav. Right on those took him, he also describes it in English. Waste matter is not discarded. It becomes its central focus, as we shall explain. Right? The same idea that we, uh, that we, he said here, right, look on 35. In idolatry, just the opposite occurs. That which is meant to be only representative, digested, and then to be discarded as waste material becomes the object of the worship and is deified. Stars become eyes of God. Storm winds become God's powerful breath. Thunder, God's angry voice, etc., and therefore, that's the mushal, and that's why it's tied there, and that connects to the ephod being mechaper on Avodazar. Okay. Moving right along, let's try to squeeze in, uh, a couple more thoughts on the parsha and about, and about Purim. Perachavches, Pasuk so now we have, after the, the as the begadim are described, we know who wears the begadim, Cohen, and his children. Says the Abarbanel. Here, we could have said this, elsewhere, but this is really the first parsha that re- they really take center stage. Why do we need Kohanim? asked the Abarbanel. Why couldn't all of Klai Yisrael be split up and we'll all take turns? Dafka, we need a group of people that are designated, one person that designated. Why Dafka do we need a group of people, one Shaved, designated to the Avoda? So you might say, well they were the only ones that didn't worship the Eegel and Mamela they were they were um you know, chosen then. But, you know, if we say, like the Ramban, that uh there is Chabat Torah and Shumatzavah do take place before Kisisa, so before the Egel, then you can ask the question. They were chosen beforehand, before the Cheta Egel. So why is this? The Abarbanel has two ideas. Two ideas uh, quoted uh quoted uh here. Right, it's what I gave you it's, it's, a, it's a nice clearer print it's the Abarbanel, but it's here quoted in the uh in the Yisodos of the Parsha. Says the Abarbanel source number eleven. You need one group of people to be totally immersed. You can't work in the base hamigdash if you're not totally always in the spiritual realm. Right? as we might say. Right? People, most of us, you know, we have to be involved in this world. Right, so Hashem says not everybody can do it. And if they try to do it, it's going to dilute the whole institution. So you know what? I'm going to have certain people that will not have to work for a living. They'll be supported by the rest of their nation. It can't be. one Right, one twelfth, one thirteenth even. So Hashem knew which one was Yotzer Muchan for this. HaKawain, Mitzhada Av, Mitzhada Didn't choose Moshe. Okay. But either way, that's why Dafka won. So they could focus and they could be the ones that are going to bring the Shekhinah down to, uh, this world. Number one. Number two is more of a Kabbalistic reason that Barbanel quotes on the top of the next page. Gam bacher Hashem sheyokarnem mi mishpacha achas miyuchades mipnei achduso. The base Hamikdash is about unity, unity of God in one place with one shayvat, with one person. Komosha tibal base hamigdash she'e echad b'makam hashivchar Hashem hinei yimkain haye yisrael goy echad v'makam hasher bacher Hashem echad v'torah achas umashar siyach migdash v'yisbarach achas hakol ki yuchud hakel yisbarach more of a Kabbalistic idea, the oneness. The oneness and the Koanim are one. Arana a is one. And that is why it is it is uh, needed for that reason as well. Okay, let's talk about one of the Bagadim and then we'll talk about Purim a little bit as well. One of the Bagadim of the Kohen gadol. we spoke about the eifot already. Uh, another one is the me'il. The me'il, the long coat made out of all trelas Pure trelas long blue coat. We know the Torah tells us that at the bottom of the coat, percha pasik, lamid there were bells. There were bells, they were pomegranates, little pomegranates, Ufamoneza, Saviv, and they were bells. And we discussed in past years how exactly they looked. Is it Machlokas in the Mafarshim, in the Rishonim, in the achronim, were they pomegranates inside the bells? Were they um bell? pomegranate, bell, pomegranate were they uh, in, a, in a pattern of some kind it was Different pshatim. but there were bells and there were pomegranates what's the message? bells and pomegranates so if you look in the Akedas Yitzchak but he says it in a very concise way in source 14 uh, I gave you Rabbi Bernstein in his Sefer Anagada discusses and expands upon this uh, and expands upon the Chazal that we know the Kohen Gadol having bells in the bottom of his coat oh, well, let's go back a step I apologize Back to that Gemara and Zvachim. What is me'il Machaperan? Lashon hara. Ksonest, we said, was Shvichas Damin. That's Yosef. Ksonest, Pasim. Eifot is Davot is Zara. We mentioned already. The me'il is the Choshen, is Ivos Hadin. The me'il is Lashon hara. Why? Because the me'il, every step that the Kohen Gadol makes, makes sounds. Every step that he makes is noticed, is loud, is publicized. The Kohen Gadol. Sometimes you have people, when they walk into the room, you could always know that they're in the room. There are some kids that come home. They can come in quietly. There are some kids that come home. You know, everybody in the house knows their home when they walk in. They're like the Cohen with the Cohen the Gadol with the meal, right? The, the uh, he announces, but he has to wear this, so he's announced. Says on Lashon Hara, which is all about also talking and call. But what's the message? What's the message? So says Rabbi seed, expanding on the Akedas Yitzchak. We know the Gemara tells us that every Jew, even the empty Jews are filled with mitzvahs like a pomegranate is filled with seeds. Right, he quotes that Gemara in the middle of the, on uh, line uh, t- 20, uh, 24, he quotes the uh, the Gemara is uh, on line 26. The pomegranate is the of everything that is good about the Jewish people. Even the empty ones among you are full of mitzvahs like a pomegranate full of seeds. The Mefarshim though, ask on that. Even the empty ones are full, so how are they empty? Why are they called empty then? I feel a rekonin So they're not rekonin. Right, so how can we talk about that they're, they're full of seeds? The answer is, even though if objectively somebody might be empty, there's always something that we can learn from them. A Rimon has plenty of seeds. And Jews are compared to Rimonim, right, one of the Shiva's Haminim, to teach us that keep looking, you'll find a seed that you can learn from. Keep looking. There will always be redeeming features in any person. If you choose to ignore these positive points, you'll see the person as empty. You'll see emptiness if you don't focus on those. You may come to speak slander about the person because you feel there's nothing to say about him. The Torah says, bells and pomegranates. Bells. When you think about talking about other people, pomegranate. Make it a pomegranate sound. Make it a view. Generally, we shouldn't be talking about people. But if we're going to say something about somebody else, make sure it's with a viewpoint of a rimon. A viewpoint of, afilu Shabahem Malaya mitzvahs karimon. That's why the, that's the message of the bottom of the me'il. As if to say, when you ring your bell and make a sound about your fellow, make it a pomegranate sound. There's plenty of positive in others if you are prepared to see it. That is the answer to Lashonar and the pathway to its atonement. He doesn't quote it, but Bali Musar pointed out that's if you're in the language of the Mishnah in Pir-Kiyavos. It does not say, Vedan es ha'adam. Vidan es kol ha'adam Right? Judge the entire person with the benefit of the doubt. Because there's always something, if you keep looking, dan es kol If we keep looking at the whole person and his background and everything in his life, it'll be much easier. Dan es ha'adam. Right? We should view people as, as the pomegranates. And that's what he says on the, uh Kedez it's based on, but it says it in very short. And Bernstein is the one that expands upon. Okay, let's have two thoughts about related to Purim again next week is Purim. Everybody should have a a Purim uh, Purim samech fulfilling a meaningful Purim. As we know Purim is the the Rambam says at the end of Hilchas Purim, Purim is the one holiday that's going to last. Right? Yemea Purim lo yibatchlu, megillus ester lo yibatel. The message of Purim is is uh is forever. It's forever. Okay, so much to talk about on Purim. One or two ideas um, that we'll uh, mention this year. The Vilna Gaon has the following comment. Source fifteen, the Torah of Das quotes it. He quotes there are two Gemaras in Maseches and Megillah which learn out two different things from the same pasuk. Right at the bottom, source fifteen, going over to sixteen. The first parak in Megillah Davzayin, Amar Shmuel Esther Baruch Hakodesh Namra. one of the many psuk in the Gemara there quotes to prove that Esther was said Baruch Hakodesh Kimu VeKiblu Kimu Lamala kiblu l'mata. Literally means they accepted above what was accepted below. And that's how there's a connection between above and below. That's how you know. Kimu How do we know? Kimu How do we know that? So we know that from... That's how we know. Asks the Grah. Tosfus discusses already that Kimu Kiblu is they accepted it willingly. Right? Accepted it willingly. Bimea rosh Asks, turning over, asks the gra, how can we darchen two things from the same pasik? Right? How do we know that? Kibum v'kiblu, kibum hashikiblu kfar. The Gemara and Shabbos Peches tells us that Bisman Perim they reaccepted the Torah willingly. Earlier they were forced. Kafalam harkegigas at the time of Mamre and But later on, hadar kiblu abimech hashveiros, kibum v'kiblu, kibum hashikiblu kfar. So how can we darsh that kibum kfar that they? Accepted it willingly. While we also darshan from there, Kibbala Malam, Hasha Right? One of the sources for Esther Baruch HaKodesh Namra. Says the Vilna Gaon, on line four, Deshdei Drashos Olos B'Kane Echad. Really? It's one message. Why? As follows. There's a Mish, the Gemara at the beginning of Boa Basra. It's quoted in Shochan Aruch. You read this Mish, you're like, what is this, what does this Gemara have anything to do with us? let's say Ruvain has a field. Surrounding his field on four sides, Shimon has four fields. Right? Shimon has four fields. Let's say Shimon goes and builds fences around three sides. Right? He has four fields around Ruvain's. Right? Shimon builds fences around three sides. So it's still open on the fourth side. Ruvain in the middle does not have to contribute to the fences. I I didn't... you know, uh, tell you to build the fences, you build the fences. What if after the three fences are built, Ruvain, the middle guy, goes and builds the fourth wall on the fourth side? Says the Gemara Megalganalavisakol. That fourth side is Megala. Reveals that really, Ruvain is happy with all four walls. Because what he did at the end reflects that he was really happy. Megalganalavisakol. What does that have to do with us? Ad achashveiro says the Vilna Gon, until the Yehudim We were forced to accept the Torah, we didn't want the Torah, there are so many mitzvahs. Guess what? What happened by Purim? They added on a mitzvah. Megillah Sester, let's add on some mitzvahs. Right, Gemara says, the only mitzvah that was added on was Megillah Sester. They added on a mitzvah, that's, you know what that's like? Adding on a fourth wall. Hashem gave you so many, once you added on another mitzvah, that's Megala. That, you like the Torah, and you are makabelit beratzon. Baratzon. Kimu Vakiblu, Kimum now, mashakiblu kfar, because now their actions are megaleh, What they had earlier was Baratzon. And that's Kimu Lamawa Lamata. What does that mean now, according to this uh idea? Kibazehkimulamawa, Mashakiblu Lamata, Shekiblu Kiblu Lamawa, they accepted above what? they originally accepted. So that's Kima Masha Kiblu And that's the story of Runya there in the first parakim of Basra. Kibaze to Buratzon Good. One idea. And finally, the, the last idea uh, that we'll mention uh, for now. The B'nai Yisachar, the Shem An-Atav here quotes the B'nai Yisachar and uh, other uh, Hasidic masters that discuss the name Purim. Somewhat of an unusual name for the holiday. Purim is the lottery. Lotteries. Like, why is that the name? That's, that was Dafka used at the time when we were supposed to be, you know, annihilated. Haman used the poor in order to decide when to destroy us. And that's Dafka, what we call a holiday. We call the holiday Purim. Right? That's, that's unusual. Lomatsanukazos, Sheikra hamod al-Sheimatzara. Veloha Yeshua. Velo pur hua Haman. Right, so what exactly, are we, how, are we supposed to, how are we supposed to view that? So there are various suggestions given. Probably the most popular suggestion is that, yeah, we dafka pick the sarah to show it's the, we thank Hashem even for the Saros, right? But the Shema Natov here has another idea. In the second paragraph. What's a goro? It says you have two types of gorau. It's one type of goro, I, you know, I'm not sure whether to buy an orange or an apple. I'm not sure what I want to do. So I'll make a goro and I'll decide eeny meeny and I'll decide one. Right? It's a choice between what I want to do. Should I pay you? Should I buy it from you? Should I buy it from you? I'll make a goro. And whichever one, right, the, the, it, no happens, that's 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 a goro. But there's another type of goro. A goro which he calls on line twenty five ela elakatse. Two extremes, two opposites. And it's really trying to figure out what God wants. Not what I want, but what God wants. Like the Goro splitting up Eretz Yisrael. This is not what I want, this is what Hashem wants. Or as we know, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, the Goro. What does Hashem want? This is Hashem, and this is Lazazel. Purim is that second type of Goro. And Purim, we talk about the two, the two choices that it could have been. Extinction, not extinction, annihilation, and victory and salvation. And the godless of the nace was, as we know, that Haman's poor led to our poor. Everything about the Megillah as we know is Vena Right? Everything works out. I could sparkle behind the scenes. The Zell Gablos the Oso gufa. the same tree, the same the same uh everything. Haman is Kabebo Lahashluk kfiras amalek. Shakal Mikra. His whole purpose in the whole plan was to prove that there's no existence of God. And the whole story proved that there is existence of God. Exactly the opposite, right? The goal is two opposite things. Figure out what Achreshvarachu wants. And that's the poor. That's what's being referred to here. And that's what we have to look at as Purim. Purim was a day where we realized more than any other holiday that Achreshvarachu is behind the scenes in our lives. Hashem is always in charge. Hashem knows that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't only die in Zion Adar, he was also born on Zion Adar, and we have to recognize that this is the, this is the, the, the birth. Right? Pesach is the birth, but Purim is also the birth. The birth the month before, we should be Zochet to, uh, months of Geula and Yeshua, uh, in the full sense of the, of the concepts. Okay, we'll stop here again next week. There's no Shir, it's Purim. Let's show, we'll pick up with Vayaka the following week.